Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Um, but I've been in a series that I want to continue today. We've been in a series called Capacity. Capacity. I told you last week I am obsessed with this word, capacity. It is a word that is so vital to the season of our church. I even shared that moving from Hi-Fi here, I asked myself, Ooh, what if people don't show up? What if the space is too small? What space is not enough? And look at everybody in here today. Capacity. That you don't have a clue what your capacity is. That sometimes it's not until God puts a demand on you that your capacity will come out of you. And then we got to change this mindset of God won't put more on you than you can bear. How many know that is not a scripture in the Bible? <laughs> Told you that last week too. Some of y'all were shocked. God won't put more on you than you can bear. For real? <laughs> no, he wants to put so much on you that you realize you cannot do life without him. You can't accomplish your call without him, your purpose without him. And some of the stuff you're saying he put on you wasn't him. Boo-boo, you made a decision. <laughs> So the challenge is, God, let me keep chasing after you so you can show me what my capacity is. What is my capacity? And let my faith put a demand on your unlimited capacity. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I want to look at one passage of scripture today in 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to look at verses 7 through 16. 1 Kings 17, start at verse 7, and we'll end at verse number 16. When you're ready to read it, say, yeah. If you're not ready, say, hold up. All right, well, there's a big old screen uh, <laughs> behind me. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, at him as Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So we went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, Oh, one more thing. And can you bring, please bring me just like, just, just a piece of bread? She said, All right, now you're pushing it. <laughs> you ever had somebody ask you for something? You're like, All right, cool, I can get, do that. And then they ask for something else. You're like, Okay, you're taking it too far. So she does. She says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. I don't have it. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, what somebody needs to hear today, don't be afraid. Go home and do, as I, and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Whew, and she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Can you say amen? amen. I want to preach today, not long, I promise not long, probably about three and a half hours. <laughs> I'm playing. I want to use this as a title. Tell me when. Tell me when. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor one last time. Say, oh neighbor, how you doing? <laughs> say, neighbor, tell me when. Look at your other neighbor, say, other neighbor, you're my second option. <laughs> but I'm saying to you too, tell me when. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, have your way. 
speak through your word. Amen. Social fam, have you ever had somebody ask you a question that low-key offended you? Because the question revealed that they don't know you. <laughs> Happened this week, somebody came up to me and said, um, Pastor Robert, can you cook? Can you cook? To which I said, can I cook? <laughs> can I cook? You don't know my capacity. I said, you are looking at somebody. You need to know that your pastor makes the best. I'm talking about hands down, the absolute best reservations, okay? <laughs> Make the best reservation. Some people know their way in the kitchen. I know my way on that open table app, okay? I can make all kinds of reservations. And my capacity is greater because I make reservations. I can make Mexican reservations. I can make Italian reservations. I don't cook, but I do make reservations because I personally love to eat out. It's my favorite thing to do. I like to eat out. You want to describe a perfect night? It's me with my boo, Taylor Madu, on a date night, getting dressed up, put on an outfit, and go out to eat. I want to sit down and get my food. It can be any kind of restaurant. It can be bougie or barbecue, but I love to go eat out. I don't want to dine in. I don't want anything dashed to my door. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to a restaurant. In fact, let me find this out real quick. How many in here, you actually have DoorDash on your phone. You got that app on your phone. Can I see your hand? DoorDash on your phone. Okay. You see everybody that has their hand raised? Keep it up. Keep it up. Okay. Can you please come to the altar and get prayer <laughs> after service? No, I'm serious because I don't understand you. I don't understand you. To me, ooh, DoorDash is the equivalent of taking a survey and a questionnaire and somebody asking you, who do you really trust to bring food to you? And you just put anybody, anybody, I don't care, strangers, just, I don't do no DoorDash. I'm sorry. I don't do Uber Eats. I'm still trying to get used to Uber. Yes, and being in the backseat of the car, trying to figure out, hold on, sir, uh, the, the map said make a left. Why are you making a right? Okay, I, I don't do DoorDash. I don't do Uber Eats. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to sit down. I want to have incredible ambiance greet me when I walk in that restaurant. I want my appetite to be fulfilled, so I like going to a restaurant. I do have some restaurant pet peeves, though. Got a restaurant pet peeve. One of my restaurant pet peeves is I don't like restaurants that blur the line between unable and unwilling. Let me explain. Uh, I, I get the menu. I say, hey, I'm going to do the burger uh, medium well. Let me do lettuce, tomato, uh, no cheese. And you know what? Can I add avocado to the burger? And the waitress looks at you and says, um, I'm afraid we can't do that. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm afraid we can't do that. You can't? Okay, I'm confused. Because this avocado salad, <laughs> that's on the menu. Are those avocados only for the salad? Or can you not put the avocados from the salad onto the burger? I'm, I'm afraid we can. See, that annoys me. Because it's not that you are unable, it's that you are unwilling. See, sometimes your capacity never reaches its fruition, not because you are unable. It's because you are unwilling. Oh, can I talk about it since we planned the church? You should see how many people want to sing on stage, want to sing on stage. We have a team night that is by far the longest line. Let me sing. See my gift. Put me in the Maverick City. Let me sing. And everybody's ready to sing until you tell them, oh, we actually want you to serve in another area in the church before we actually put you on stage to sing. We actually want you to like hold a sign or be in the load in, load out team. They're like... I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> what, what do you mean you can't now? I, 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 I can't. Oh, so the same hand that can hold a microphone can't hold a sign and greet people into church. It's just funny. They're not unable. They're unwilling. And sometimes our capacity is thwarted because we are unwilling, not because we are unable. So that's one of my restaurant pet peeves. But the thing that I love about a restaurant, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, is when I go to a nice restaurant and they bring me my meal and they put it in front of me and you think the meal is ready. Then all of a sudden, somebody else will come by. Have you ever seen this? It's a whole other person that even brought you the food. 
And they'll even have like a block of Parmesan cheese or they have like a bazooka with fresh pepper in it. And after you get your food, they'll roll up to you. And if they've been doing it a while, if they're not a rookie, they won't even say anything to you. They'll just go. You'll go, yeah. And all of a sudden, they will start grating that cheese or they'll start putting that pepper on there. And as they're doing it, they will say this powerful word to you. It's the title of my message. Tell me. Tell me when. And if you're normal, you'll say, I'm good. That's enough. If you're extra, you'll go, when? <laughs> and it seems like a minuscule moment, but I actually think it's a powerful moment to think that the amount of Parmesan or pepper on my plate would be subjugated to a word that comes out of my mouth. When? And they have to stop. When I say when, you better not still be grating cheese. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. Since we're in this capacity series, I think I'm going to go to a restaurant and really put it to the test. I want to see the power of my mouth. I'm going to go and I'm going to order something and I just want them to keep grating the cheese and just keep going. I want whatever I'm eating, the pasta just be drowned in cheese. And I want them to look at me like, surely that's enough. And I'm like, did I say when? Because it's powerful to think I can control what I would receive by what comes out of my mouth. When I say when, that's when you stop. That is the tenor of my text today. That boldness, that audacity, that unmitigated gall to declare when. That is our text today when we look at this prophet named Elijah. If you don't know who Elijah is, let me give you the Wikipedia version of his bio. Elijah is powerful. He is a prophet. I love the way Elijah just shows up in the Bible. You don't know anything about Elijah's childhood. You don't know who his mama is. You don't know who his daddy is. He just shows up in 1 Kings 17. Shows up full grown. All you know is that he is from Tishba and he's a Tishbite. You know you're going to do something when you're a Tishbite. He is absolutely powerful. He just shows up with a prophetic word for a problem that was in that region. Because how many know anytime there is a problem, God is looking for somebody that has a prophetic word that will speak to the problem. He just shows up. You don't know who his mama is. You don't know who his daddy is. He just shows up and declares what thus saith the Lord. I actually want to let you know that is the season that we're in in the church right now. There is a transition that is happening in the church and you're going to start seeing some names of people that you ain't never heard of, that you ain't seen their YouTube video or their TikTok video and God is going to push them to the forefront. He's going to be like, wait a minute, I didn't know them. And God said, you don't have to know them, but I've called them and they were in a secret place and I'm looking for somebody that will be a prophetic voice to a problem in a season and that's why I'm pushing them to the forefront. I'm so thankful that when God calls you, it's not a committee call. That he will just call you and you don't even know what your capacity is until you step into it. Elijah, his, his name means Yahweh is my God. Y'all, he just shows up on the scene to declare a prophetic word. And here's what he says. He rolls up to King Ahab and he says, guess what? It is not going to rain until I say until I say, and for three years, there is no rain. Elijah was absolutely powerful. Who else but Elijah had the power to outrun a chariot? Who else but Elijah was one of the only two people in the Bible who just got caught up to heaven? You know you have reached your capacity when you're doing stuff for God so good. They says, come on, I got to take you to heaven right now. He just got caught up. Elijah was absolutely powerful. He had his ear to the very heartbeat of God so he could open up his mouth and declare what God called him to say. There's a scene that I love in Elijah. They need to make a major motion picture out of it where he is on a mountain and he's facing four 
450 prophets of Baal and Elijah stands up in front of everybody, 450 verses 1, and he says, y'all need to choose this day whether you're going to serve God or serve Baal. He said, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Choose whether you're going to serve God this day. And he says, you know what? Let's find out who the true God is. Let's just cut the bull right now. And they get two altars and all the prophets of Baal are calling on Baal and dancing and cutting themselves. And Elijah is so crazy, he is clowning them because he knows it's not working. And after it doesn't work and they pour water on the altar, Elijah then stands there and says, okay, now it's time. Don't pray no long prayer. I don't even think he yelled. I think he just went up and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, show these people today that you are the true and living God and that I am your servant. Show them that you are true and turn their hearts back to you. When? And fire comes down! Consumes the altar. Elijah was absolutely powerful. When he spoke, whatever he spoke, it had to come to pass. He shows us that if you really want to reach your capacity, you must be able to hear what God is saying. And you cannot have the fear of man or the fear of people to declare what God is speaking to you. He said there wasn't going to be any rain. He challenged the prophets of Baal because the problem that this prophet was sent to speak to is also something that will stop your capacity. And it is idolatry. You want something that will shut down your capacity? Idolatry. I want to talk today about how complex idolatry is. Anybody here have some idols? It's a confusing word because as soon as you hear idol, you immediately assume or you picture some carved image and you see somebody bowing to it. Some of you think idols are bad, but the reality is an idol can be a good thing. Actually, what's scary about idols is that idols can be anything. Anything could be an idol. Some of you could be sitting next to your idol. Your spouse could be your idol. And you have put them on a pedestal and you're trying to get them to fulfill a need that only God can fulfill. Oh, this is not a good message to preach when you just went to a new venue. Oh, and I, your kids could be an idol. I'm shocked at the people who put their kids above their God. Now, you should love your kids. That's a good thing. But an idol is when a good thing becomes the ultimate thing. When it's the thing that you find your identity in, when it's the thing that fulfills you all, in it. power could be an idol. Money could be your idol. Sex could be your idol. Because that's what the enemy does. He wants to take not just bad things, but good things and make them the ultimate thing. And if that's the thing that you run to to find out who you are or to fulfill you, it is your idol. You know what I think two of the greatest idols in this generation are today? Notoriety and certainty. Those are two of the greatest idols today. Number one, notoriety. Have you noticed that everybody wants to be noticed? Everybody, everybody, got 85 years old doing a TikTok dance. <laughs> you see my video? You see my post? Doing all kinds of stuff just to get somebody to validate me. I just want to be noticed. Here's my card. Put me on the stage. Use me. Notoriety, I think, is one of the greatest idols to the point that we project a curated self online. And whatever gets likes, we keep on doing it. And it's not even us. You, you ever met somebody that was like really funny online? Do you met them in person? Like, man, this is the clear eye, dry eyes commercial person. You're so funny online. You're so witty online. Do you meet them in person? Like, are you the same person? 
it's a curated person that they've put online because they're desperate for the notoriety and the attention, and that has become their idol. Hear me, God is so serious about idols and how they will stop your capacity that when he gives the Ten Commandments, the first one he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I got to start with that because there's something deep within the human soul that always runs to idols. This is why Elijah is in the earth, to call out the children of Israel on their idolatry. Baal had become their idol. Baal and Asherah, the sister god. Baal and Asherah represented fertility. They would worship an idol because you're going to an idol to get something. And they would worship Baal, hoping that they would have fertility in the land. So look at what God tells Elijah to do. He says, go tell him it's not going to rain. Sometimes you don't know what your idol is until it's removed from you. He said, you think that fertility comes from Baal? You think Baal produces rain? Okay, watch this. Tell him it's not going to rain for three years, not a drop. Because God was trying to show you, I am the God of the rain. <laughs> and sometimes you don't even know what your idol is until it is stripped away from you, until it is gone from your life. Ooh, Elijah says it's not going to rain. He's just obedient to the word of God. But I told you two of the greatest idols in our generation are not just notoriety, it's certainty. It's certainty. The reason why so many people have anxiety is because we made an idol out of certainty. We have to know. We have to know. That's why 2020 jacked all of us up. Because <laughs> we wanted somebody, just let me know. Even right now, everybody's changing their mind. This week, it's math. Next week, no math. Just tell me what I'm supposed to know. Because we want to know. And we made an idol out of certainty. And here's the problem with making an idol out of certainty. Certainty strips away faith. And faith is the thing you need to unlock the unlimited capacity of God. You can't have faith and certainty. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How can you have faith and have certainty at the same time? But so many of us have made an idol out of certainty. And we wonder why we are struggling with anxiety. So like God, I would be fine if you'll just let me. No. And God's like, no. Okay? Could you just give me the next three years, okay? Just give me the three. No. I'm not giving you certainty because I want you to trust me. See, we want God's word. We want God's word to be revealed to us like a page. Like a page, don't we? Like, just put it on the page and tell me. Word document, just give me the page. We forget in the Old Testament, they dealt with scrolls. And God doesn't reveal his word like a page. Sometimes he reveals it, more often he reveals it like a scroll. And so you'll roll a little bit and you got to go with what you can read at that moment. And you got to trust him for the rest of the picture. We see this in the life of Elijah. Because God gives a word. Go tell him it's not going to rain. Cool. All right. Not going to rain. What's next? Go to the brook. All right. He goes to a brook. And look at your God. That in a place where there is no rain, he takes Elijah to a place where there is a brook of water. I want to pause right here and thank God for his unlimited capacity to bring provision into your life. How many know your God is a provider? That it doesn't matter what the economy is doing, but if you'll keep your ear to the pulse of what God is doing, he will make sure that in a drought, you'll find a brook. He'll make sure in a drought that you'll find a place where your soul will be sustained. I'm telling you, if you can trust him, he'll make sure you get what you need. And there he is, drinking from the brook, being sustained in a drought, that his obedience to the word of God caused. 
And as he's drinking, he's like, this water's good, but I sure would like uh, some food. And God is like, keep scrolling. He says, look up. Elijah looks up, and he immediately sees some ravens. And I know what he did. I can see him. I can see him swatting. Have you seen, when was the last time you saw a raven? Can you put that picture up of a raven? If there was ever a demonic bird, a raven is bringing him, a raven, that's, a, that's the cousin of a crow. A raven, a ra, ravens are scavengers. Ravens go after dead things. Why in the, ravens are DoorDash. Why are you sending ravens to the man of God? Oh, it's frustrating when God sends you a raven. When I read it, it blew my mind that God would send a raven because you do know what Deuteronomy says. And Deuteronomy, read it when you get to the crib. Verse 11, 14, God said which birds were clean and which birds were unclean. So I know Elijah had to be swatting at all those ravens saying the devil is a lie. No raven is bringing me no food. What do you do when God brings you provision but the provision is not in the package that you expected. So you are swatting away the provision of God because it doesn't look like it should have came in that package. Oh, I'm telling you, some of us have made idols out of how God is going to do it in our lives rather than just trusting God to do it. But when God gets ready to provide for you, you just need to trust it and say, it don't matter how you send it, I'm just believing that you are my provider. So if you want to send a raven, send a raven. I'm ready to receive the provision however you send it. Somebody take 10 seconds and give God some praise like you know he is a pro. I'm not swatting no ravens. I'm going to take it however God sends it. See, you don't like this because here's what you want. You want God to send you your food like this. It's a conundrum because even the scripture said that it was an unclean bird. The dove is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but look at your God, whose ways transcend the finite confines of your brain. He's sending an unclean bird to bring provision to Elijah. I'm telling you, you don't have a clue how God will send provision to you. Some of you are limiting the capacity of God's provision because you want it in a specific package. You can't tell on you, I'll tell on me. Before we planted this church, for 16 years, I traveled, itinerant ministry, preaching everywhere. There was not a week of my life I wasn't in an airport going somewhere to preach. That's how God was providing. And for 16 years, that's how I defined provision. God, I get on the plane and I go preach. Hello, 2020. Everything shut down. Can't get on the plane. And I'm having a nervous breakdown. And people are sending us emails to the ministry saying, oh, we're so sorry. Obviously, you've seen the global crisis. <laughs> COVID-19, we're going to have to postpone this conference to 2021. Next year, we'll have the conference. And I was like, you know, I typed it, right? Oh, God bless you. Absolutely, totally understand. But in my prayer time, I was like, God, these bills are due in 2020, though. <laughs> oh, can I be real? Yeah. 2020 taught me that I defined provision by God sending me out to preach. Rather defining provision as being him. And who would have thought that I could have been at home with a camera still preaching emailing a file to churches that would play online and God would provide every single thing that I needed. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Because everybody was stuck in the house. They were watching YouTube sermons. And every single week, every single week, I get some type of email. Man, I saw that sermon you preached in 2004. <laughs> 
bless my life. God told me to send this. And I was like, this guy, I even swatted. I said, no, I'll fly. Let me find a way to get the... Swatting the raven. Not realizing that God's capacity to provide for you is unlimited. Don't you define your job as your source. That is your resource. God is your source. He knows how to give you what you He takes it from the raven. Then he notices that the brook has dried up. What you got now, God? No water. No ugly birds. What now? God says, keep scrolling. He says, I want you to go to Zarephath. I have told a widow there to provide for you. Elijah had to be going, you keep getting worse. First, I'm taking food from an unclean bird. Now you want me to go to Zarephath? Dude, Zarephath was the city by Sidon, which was the stronghold of Baal worship. That's where they worship Baal. It was the strongest. It's like God saying, go to the Vegas Strip. I got a blessing for you in the alley. <laughs> what? What are you doing? We done gone from blackbirds that are unclean to Zarephath, a pagan city. And I got a widow on welfare. <laughs> Who's going to be your provision? I've spoken to her to provide. Can you see Elijah going to Zarephath? Oh, Jesus, what is... Okay. Well, he said there's a widow. A widow. Okay. A widow. I gotta find a widow. She better be rich. Her husband better left her some money because... Hungry. I can see him. I can see him going through Zarephath. Say, you a widow? No. Sorry. You a widow? No. Excuse me, ma'am. You a widow? Do you want me to be? No, go <laughs> Keeps going. Can you see him through the whole city? You a widow? No. You a widow? Goes up to one lady. Are, are you a widow? Her husband shows up. <laughs> are you a dead prophet? <laughs> Calm down, bro. I'm just trying to obey the word of the Lord, okay? Keeps going. I think he searched the whole city. Can't find anybody anywhere. I think he was about to leave and gets to the gate. That's where he found her. Sees this broke woman, hair disheveled, tears coming down her face, gathering sticks. She looks like she's in poverty. And he's looking at her. And he's going, God, are you for real? It is the equivalent of God saying, go to downtown Dallas and go to a homeless person. And before they come up to you and say, hey, you go to them and say, hey. <laughs> oh, you got to see it. This is absolutely asinine. He sees her. And he goes, how can... I gotta do what God told me to do. Now here's what blew my mind. I am not impressed that God spoke to Elijah to go to her. And he obeyed. I am impressed and blown away. Bible says God spoke to her. I get that he spoke to a prophet. He's the man of God. But how are you speaking to a broke, busted, pagan, directing her? There's somebody coming. He's a man of God. 
and I'm directing you to bless him. Who does God speak to? Prophets? Yeah. I wonder if he speaks to pagans too. I wonder if God, who knows how to speak through everything, could be speaking to somebody that you don't even think he would be speaking to. Be careful who you say God is not talking to because you don't. Can you see the encounter? God told him, there's a widow. He finally sees her. God told her, there's a prophet. She finally sees him. He's looking at her going, God, I can't ask her for nothing. She's looking at him with three teeth. Telling her, oh, there he is. <laughs> I knew I heard something. Someone said that a man of God was telling told me to give him food. I don't even have anything myself. I think Elijah was so nervous to ask for food, he started with water. Uh, hi. Wow. Shower? No? Okay. Um, uh, I, can I just get a, just a little cup of water? I can see her going, oh, thank God. He didn't ask for food, just water. She immediately, oh man, she said, I got you. And as she goes to get the water, I can feel Elijah going, I gotta obey. Um, uh, hold up. And get some bread too, a little piece of bread. And as she's walking to the water, she goes, oh! Don't push it. Read it when you get home. As sure as the Lord, your God lives. Not mine. As sure as the Lord, your God lives. I don't have it. First words out of my mouth. I don't have it. All I have is flour, oil, and I'm going to gather these sticks and end my life. You'd be shocked at the people in this room today. The reason your capacity is not being reached is because the first thing out of your mouth is, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have what it takes to do what God has called me to do. I don't have that. I don't have it. She says, I don't have it. I wonder what God could do through you if he could open up your eyes to what you have. Hear me, God will never ask you for something you do not have. If you are being asked of something, it's because you have it. But the challenge with most of us is that we don't know what we have. She says, I don't have it. All I have is flour, a little bit, and oil. Hold up. She was going to get water. She says, I don't have bread. I just got flour and oil. So you got water, you got flour, and you got oil. But you're trying to tell me, you ain't got no bread? You got flour, water, and oil. But you're trying to tell me you don't have no bread? I told you I don't cook, I make reservations. I did a Google search of what you can make with oil, flour, and water. Can you see that on that screen? Quick flatbreads, olive oil bread, easy flour tortillas. You can make all kinds of bread with flour, water, and oh, you're missing the message right now. Some of you are complaining about what you don't have because you don't see it in its fruition. But God's saying, I've given you the ingredients for it, but you just got to mix together what I've given you. Stop telling me what you don't have. You already got the ingredients to do everything that God has called you to do. Would you just shout, I have it. It's in my capacity. God wants to open up your eyes to what you have. 
Stop saying you don't have it. She had the flour, the water, and the oil. And now Elijah says, look, if you go and make bread for me first. In other words, capacity has a lot to do with priority. He said, make small piece of bread for me first. If you do that, the flour and the oil in your jars will never cease. Worship team, join me. All Elijah gave that woman was a promise. She didn't know if it was going to come to pass. Can you see that walk home? Walking home with nothing but a promise that if I make a small piece of bread for him first, that God will make sure I have everything I need in this famine. I'm trying to imagine a woman scooping the last bit of flour and oil and water and looking at her hungry son saying, Mommy, is that for us? We go eat? She says, No, sweetheart. There's this man of God, this prophet. And he said, uh, If I make a small piece of bread for him first, then we'll have every single thing that we need. Mama, that doesn't make sense. I know, baby. But I also know what I heard. I don't worship, I don't even go to church like that, but something told me that a man of God was coming and I had to bring him food. I want to talk to you who think you're too messed up and that God's done with you. And this message is actually confirmation that he's not. And he'll speak to you. He's been speaking to you. All she had was a promise. She didn't know if it was going to come to pass. And she cooks it. And she makes the walk back to release it. I can't believe Elijah obeyed to ask. And I can't believe she obeyed to do it. But faith doesn't make sense. The equivalent of Elijah asking, you can play, make it sound spiritual. The equivalent of Elijah asking for that bread is the equivalent of, um, Diane, are you still here? You still here? Yeah. Diane, could you come back up here? Do you mind? You still got that money I gave you? Could you bring it? Yeah. You, you can just come around to the side. Yeah, come up here. Y'all help me thank God for Diane. I want to. I want you to see how ridiculous faith is. Elijah asking that widow to bring him bread first from a word of God and her doing it from a word from God is the equivalent of me going to Diane I know I gave you that 100. But you know 90 is still a lot of money. I mean, Diane, I'm, 
can I get 10 back? Just, just, just reach in there and can, can you give me 10 out of their bag? Just, I just want 10. Not all of it. Just 10. You'll you give it to me? You sure? I know that's, I need, I'm trying to get a coffee after this service. Are you sure? That's so bad for me to give you something in that. Are you sure? Okay. I, uh, you, you can have that. You can have the 90. Are you, you're not mad. We're a church plant. We just started. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. You can be seated. That's what it felt like. I'm sorry, Diane, I'm sorry. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back. See, thank you for this. By the way, this isn't a message on giving, but you could apply it. You can apply it to every area of your life. Please don't miss the message. Your capacity to receive will always be predicated on your capacity to give. I wanted to see if the same hand that received the blessing would be willing to reach out give and now that I know I can trust Diane that's another hundred for you that's another hundred that's another hundred you want to do anything with that hundred I don't want all of it I don't want all of it. No, no, no. I know you say no. Oh, you gonna add? Okay, put it right there. Hold on, put it right there. Thank you. This is gonna come to me. Watch. Watch this. She gonna get that too, but I wanna show you something. I wanna see if it works. Can I get a can I get another 10 from the from the Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Are you good? You you sure? That's it? Well, since you trusted me with that, that's another hundred. Are you content with that? You sure? I would open that up again. Since it worked before, could I get another 10? Thank you so much. Well, since you, since you still asking, Diane, I'm gonna give you that. Two. You good? I'm just saying, tell God when your ability and your capacity to receive has everything to do with your ability to give. Look at all the people that have come up to be a blessing to Diane, and that's what God wants to know. Will you be faithful and give? Even when it doesn't make sense. God has unlimited supply. Unlimited capacity. But he just needs somebody that will trust him. Look at people messed up my illustration. I wasn't planning for people to come. what happens when you reach out she had no reason in the natural to give but God will show you your capacity to receive by your willingness to give this is not just with money this is in everything some of you right now it makes no sense for you to encourage somebody else you're discouraged. I dare you after this service right now 
to start texting some people in your life saying God has good things in store for you. Hey, you are on my heart today. I just want to let you know it's going to be all right. I dare you with yourself walking in depression to just call somebody up and say, I just want to let you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I dare you to try it. It makes no sense for you to do it right now, but as you release, watch joy flood your life. God wants to know, tell me when. God wants to increase your capacity. Would you stand to your feet all over this place today? Thank you so much. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place today. Come on, somebody say, God, increase my capacity. Come on, increase my capacity to forgive. Increase my capacity to love. Increase my capacity to trust. Increase my capacity to hope. Increase my capacity. Father, thank you. Thank you that just like that woman, just like Elijah, you're still speaking today. God, open up our ears to hear what you're saying so they can walk in obedience. Increase our capacity. God, I thank you that we've got to give you something to work with. That the same hand that receives has got to be the same hand that's willing to give. God, I pray this over social, not just financially, but in every area of our life. God, thank you that you won't ask us for something that we do not have. But I'm asking that you will open up our eyes to see what we do have. Increase our capacity. Thank you that we can tell you when we get to decide how much we want to receive of you. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.